Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I'm excited for this episode today entitled Following Jesus at a Distance. Again, we are walking through the life of the Apostle Peter and one who was a close disciple of Jesus, but in this occasion of life, he follows Jesus not closely, but at a distance. This is Season 5 of Weather in a Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network. I appreciate so much you tuning in to listen. I also want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and check out the Scattered Abroad Network. And we have new content coming out every day. You can find our podcast on anywhere where you get your podcast. But certainly, I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and subscribe to the Master Feed, uh, the Scattered Abroad Network, where you'll find this podcast and all the other ones. And uh, just very, very grateful to be on this network. You can find us on Facebook, on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to that. You can find us uh, all over in different uh, different avenues. Certainly, we have an Instagram page. We have other places you can find us. You can like us on YouTube and subscribe to that material. You can find us uh, the first Sunday, or the, yeah, the first Sunday of every month. We'll have a joint podcast where we come together and we we get together and discuss a certain topic. And so, again, just very excited for all the different avenues, all the different ways that God has blessed us on the network. I want to encourage you to go and and to look at all those different things. Also, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions, anything at all, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, scatteredabroad.org. Again, the title of this episode today is Following Jesus at a distance. This is season five, episode six, when we consider the life of Peter. I hope and pray that this season thus far, if you've been studying, I hope and pray that it's been a, a, a helpful one for you, that it has helped you be successful in weathering the different storms that, that you've been facing. And, and hopefully you feel more confident, more equipped uh, by looking unto God and by kind of learning from the example of Peter, sometimes what to do and, and other times what not to do. And this is an example here of what Jesus, or, or what Peter rather, did not do right, but then was able to correct it. And this is a, just a, an example of Peter, again, his humanity, but also his humility. And so looking forward to diving into this study today with you of following Jesus at a distance. I want to start with a question. Is it possible to follow Jesus at a distance? And what I mean by that is, is it possible for one to say, I am a Christian, I'm a follower, but only when it's convenient, only when it doesn't cost me anything. But the moment it starts to cost me maybe some things that I enjoy or cost me some time or cost me some stress or some heartache, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. Well, if if that describes you or if that describes maybe the, the, the thought process that you've once had, Let's think about the danger of following Jesus at a distance, but then also the, the, the implication of that. As we think about this event in the life of Peter, we're going to be focusing on Luke's account of this, Luke chapter 22. But I do want to encourage you, if you, if you haven't uh, before, to read all the accounts together. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the synoptic gospels, meaning you can see them together. And then the book of John, just so unique, written many years after but all emphasizing and all centering around Jesus as the Son of God. You can read this account, Matthew 26, Mark 14, 
Luke 22, which we'll be focusing on today, and John 18. And yes, we are talking about when Peter denied Jesus. Let's begin by thinking about the context of, of what we have, and that's in Luke chapter 22 and verse 8. Jesus sent Peter and John to go and prepare the Passover meal. And so you have Peter, who is already on the scene. You have Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper. The disciples are then arguing about greatness, and uh, Jesus tries to emphasize the greatest among you, let him be your servant. You know, the one who serves is the one who's truly great. But then as we kind of dive into what transpires, let's begin in verse 31 of Luke 22. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I find that language powerful. When you have returned to me, the King James says, when you are converted, and that's the word picture of conversion. It's to return. It's to come back. It's to be stronger. But notice he says, Satan wants you. Satan has asked for you. That, that gives me chills to think about. Satan was very aware of the potential of Peter. And he saw Peter as one, hey, if I can get him, maybe the others will, will follow suit. Keep in mind, Judas had already given, given in, hadn't he? Judas had already made the decision, I'm going to betray Jesus. And so maybe Satan's thinking, hey, if I can get Judas and Peter, maybe others will follow, and, and Jesus won't have any followers left. Well, he says, Satan has asked for you, but, but I love that Jesus says, but I've prayed for you. Isn't that wonderful? And how must that, that, that should have given Peter such a boost of confidence. Jesus said, I prayed for you. I'm on your side. I don't want that to happen to you. He said, but when you have returned, when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Now notice in verse 33, Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. What did that imply? Peter says, Lord, I'm already converted. What are you talking about? I'm right here with you. In fact, I'm so much of a loyal disciple to you that I'd be willing to go to prison. I would even be willing to die with you and for you. That, that's, that's Peter's mentality at this point in time. But in verse 34, Jesus says, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. Peter says, I'm, I'm ready to go to prison and ready to die. And Jesus says, you're going to tell people you don't even know who I am, much less be willing to die for me. Now you think of all that Jesus and Peter have been through up to this point. The times when, Jesus, when Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of God. The times when he watched Jesus perform miracles. In our last episode, we talked about him coming out on the water and walking out to Jesus for a moment and how Jesus calmed the sea feeding the 5,000 plus, all of these things Peter was able to see. Peter was right there with him. And then for Jesus to tell him, you're going to deny me. You're going to tell people you don't even know who I am. Did Peter know Jesus? Absolutely. He recognized and he even confessed it before others. You are the Christ, the Son of God. And yet Jesus says, as bold as you think you may be, Peter, you're going to deny me. But when you are converted, when you return, 
you go and strengthen your brethren. Very powerful statement made by our Lord to Peter. And we're definitely going to come back to that throughout this season because he's going to return, he's going to be strengthened, and he's going to help strengthen others. And essentially, that's what he's doing right now as we think about his example. And through the Word of God, we can be strengthened. So that's Luke's account, Luke 22. But notice this, Matthew 26, 31 through 35. Peter says, Though all men forsake you, I will not. I will not deny you. Notice that. Though all men forsake you, you let them do it, but you don't have to worry about me, Lord. In Mark's account, Mark 14, 27 through 31, Peter spoke emphatically, I will not deny you. It's as if he looks Jesus and he says, You you look 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 at me. Don't you don't have to worry about me, Lord. I'm following you right here. I'm as close as anybody is to you in this world. And then John's account, John 13 and John 18, Peter said, I will lay down my life for you. Now, again, at this point in time, you can't get any more conviction than that. You can't be any closer than that. But as you continue in the narrative, in Luke 22 and verse 39, they come to the Garden of Gethsemane. And you remember that Peter and James and John were with him. And what was Peter doing? Along with the other disciples, he was sleeping. And Jesus came to him and said, why are you sleeping? Now think about, this is the same Peter who said, I'm ready to die for you. And Jesus said, rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Peter, you just told me that you're ready to die for me and you can't even stay awake. It's kind of the, the for us as readers, as the audience, we can read that and see that you know, what Peter said, even though I certainly believe he had great intentions behind it, he's not going to follow through with it. Luke 22 and verse 50, they come to arrest Jesus. And of course, Peter is there. And John tells us, John 18 and verse 10, that Peter, by impulsion, cut off the ear of the high priest's servant, Malchus. And Jesus, of course, said, you put your sword up. Those who live by the sword are going to die by the sword. And so at that point in time, Judas comes, of course, delivers that kiss. And they take Jesus away. And here's Peter. What is Peter going to do? Is he going to continue to follow? Is he going to say, no, 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 you take me too because I'm willing to die for him. That's, that's not what happens, is it? When we come to this, we think about the denial that's going to take place. We go to Luke 22 and begin there in verse 54 and notice the language. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. He followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. The same Peter who said he was ready to die for him, here says, I do not know him. After a little while, another Solomon said, You are also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. 
But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. I cannot imagine what that look looked like. I cannot imagine how Peter must have felt when Jesus looked at him as if to say, Peter, I told you this was going to happen. Maybe it was a look of disappointment. Maybe it was a look of, I knew this was coming. But regardless, I can't imagine how Peter must have felt when he locked eyes with his Lord. Peter looked, Peter remembered then the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. But then notice a very important statement that Luke records there in verse 62. So Peter went out and he wept bitterly. The Greek word here for wept bitterly is because it means to burst into tears. He wept. The word wept, according to Thayer, means to sob or to wail. He bursts into tears and he sobs. In our next episode, Lord willing, we're going to talk about godly sorrow as opposed to worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow, sorry that you got caught. Godly sorrow, sorry that you hurt God. And what we just read was godly sorrow. Peter was genuinely, genuinely, Sorry for what he did. He had just told Jesus, I'm I'm ready to die with you. I'm ready to die for you. I'm ready to go to prison. Whatever. I'm right here with you, Lord. I, I'm not, you don't have to worry about me. Everybody else may forsake you. Not me. And he's the one three times who told others, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know him. I don't even know who that man is. He followed Jesus at a distance, not just physically speaking, but spiritually. Friends, we, we can do the same thing if we're not careful. And that is certainly a storm that we have to weather. Following Jesus when everything is going good, that, well, that's easy. But following Jesus when others criticize you. Following Jesus when it costs you something. That's when it becomes difficult. In those moments, in those times, in those storms, will we follow Jesus closely? Or will we follow Jesus at a distance? I'd like to close with three points of application, and then we're going to just turn this over to you as a listener and and ask the question, how are you following Jesus? Is it genuine? Is it real? Is it something that you are right there with Him, you're closely clinging to Him, or do you recognize, you know what, I'm following Him at a distance. I'm not as close to my Lord as I ought to be. I'm trying to take matters into my own hands. I'm, I'm focusing more on the problems and the obstacles and the issues that I'm having than the one who says, come unto me. Trust in me. Live for me. Number one, Peter followed Jesus at a distance because he allowed pride to cloud his judgment. He allowed pride to cloud his judgment. Lord, you don't have to worry about me. 
Are we guilty of saying that too sometimes? Well, I've already whipped that temptation. I've whipped that sin. I don't have to worry about that at all. I'm good. I'm right where I need to be. No problem. Friends, if that's ever our mentality, then we do have a problem. Because if you're not growing spiritually, you're dying spiritually. You cannot stay in neutral. If I'm not growing, I'm dying. I can't get to the point to say, I've got it all figured out. I don't need to read and study my Bible anymore. I don't really need to go to the services of the church anymore. No, that's, that is not that is not what it's all about. That's following Jesus at a distance, allowing pride to cloud the judgment. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall, Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall, 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Humble yourself, submit unto God. He rejects the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. James 4, 10. I need to be humble and submit to God if I want to follow him closely. Because if I allow pride to come in, then I'll be following him at a distance. Number two, Peter allowed fear to derail his conviction. He allowed fear to derail his conviction. Here's somebody who was so convicted that he told Jesus he was ready to die for him. And the same one who said that denied him. Fear derailed his conviction. What about us? Do we allow fear to come in and say all of a sudden, oh, I'm I'm not going to be a follower anymore? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Second Timothy one seven. We can boldly say, "The Lord is my helper; what shall man do unto me?" Hebrews thirteen five and six. I must not allow fear to derail my conviction, but rather allow my faith to overcome whatever fear I may have. So Peter allowed pride to cloud his judgment. He allowed fear to derail his conviction. And then third, Peter distanced himself from the Lord and communed with the ungodly. He warmed himself by the fire. Associated with those who are also warming themselves by the fire. But here's the point. That's the devil's fire that they were warming themselves around because they were all apart from Jesus Christ. They were at a distance. They were not following him. And Peter's right there with them. And here's a disciple. Here's somebody who knew that Jesus is the Son of God. Here's somebody who knew His power and His authority. He's one of His own. But He's right there with those in the world. What about us? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. These things are of the world. They're not of God. He who does the will of God abides forever. 1 John 2, 15-17 Pure and undefiled religion is this, to keep yourself unspotted from the world. James 1, 27 The adulterers and adulteresses know you not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. You cannot be a friend of God and a friend of the world. James 4, 4 Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 Come out from among them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Therefore, let us cleanse ourselves of all the filthiness of the flesh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 2 Corinthians 6, 17-7-1 
The grace of God has been delivered to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly, even in this present world. Titus 2, 11 and following. For you've been called out of darkness and into His marvelous light. You are not a people, but now you're the people of God. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, God's own special people. 1 Peter 2, 9. I need to make sure that if I'm following Jesus, that I'm not following Him at a distance. That I'm different from the world. That I'm not just doing something because everybody else is doing it. I'm not just doing this to try to make myself look good or promote a good image. I'm following Jesus because He's the one who died for me. I love Him because He first loved me when I was unlovable. Romans 5, 6 and following. Peter, on this occasion, followed Jesus at a distance. But after that look from Jesus, and after the look from Peter within his own heart, he went out and he wept bitterly. This hurt Peter. This broke Peter. This was a storm that was brewing, and the bottom finally fell out. But friends, this is not the end of the Apostle Peter. This is not where his story ends. And I'm looking so forward to our next episode when we think about how he responded to this event. I hope you'll tune in as we continue to work through the life of Peter in hopes that it will help us to weather the storms that we face. Thank you so much for listening today, and I do hope and pray this episode will help us to follow Jesus closely, not at a distance. Thank you so much. May God bless you as you weather the storm. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.